coalitions, when two or more political parties, people or organizations come to an agreement, they form an alliance so that they can rule together over a city, town or even whole country. Coalitions are necessary in democracies when no one political party or person gets a majority of the votes, 50% plus one voter or more. So then different political organizations try to come together so that in their alliance they have over 50% of the votes which will allow them to govern. Coalitions were barely a thing in South Africa until a few years ago. In fact, the word coalition was barely a word. No one used it. Many people didn't even know what it meant. But coalitions are South Africa's future. Hell, they are South Africa's present. They are going to be the defining issue of South Africa's next political era. And based on what we've seen in local government coalitions in the last few years, that's really scary. Because our political establishment's attempts to do coalitions in the last few years, often for the first time, have been so shambolic that I'm going to use a special word. It's not just a shambles. It's been an omni-shambles. Omni as in, in all directions at once. It's been a total omni-shambles, crises everywhere you look. And so, let's talk about coalitions in South Africa. Why they've been such a disaster, what needs to change for them to start working, and what does this all mean for your vote in the 2024 elections? Welcome to The Issue with Dan Corder. My name is Dan Corder. This is not a show about all of my issues. No, this is a show about some of the issues in South Africa. We try to figure out all the chaos of this wild, overwhelming country. And this episode is The Issue with Coalitions. Full analysis, as always, is on the podcast, and you can also catch the video version of this episode on YouTube. Let's get stuck in. It's actually been such a crazy week for us, just trying to put this episode together. Because just in the last few days, a handful of opposition parties, including the DA and Action SA in Johannesburg, have tried to put together a motion of no confidence against Al Jamaz Cabello Guamanda. That motion of no confidence fell through before it was even put before the Johannesburg Council. And just this morning, former DA Johannesburg Mayor Mpopalatse, who is currently a councillor, announced that she was quitting politics. She's out. She's going back to being a doctor. Yet another prominent black leader in the Democratic Alliance falling away, by the way. Mm, they're never beating these allegations. And the reason why we're doing this episode at all is because just a few weeks ago, a handful of opposition parties had this ugh, insane conference, dressed up PR publicity stunt where they tried to put together what they were calling the Moonshot Coalition for a while, and then it was just a pact, and it was all just such a waste of time that we felt like we had to deal with it. So, let's start there. I'm actually so annoyed about this whole conference they did, and I'm even more annoyed with how it was reported. So, context. For the last six months to a year, all of these different opposition parties have started to talk about a potential moonshot pact, some kind of coalition, some kind of grand alliance that they can make to try to get rid of the ANC, right, in the next elections. Because let's be honest, nobody thinks that anyone can get close to laying a glove even on the African National Congress. In the last general elections, they got well over 50%. The next biggest party only got about 20. People thinking the DA is going to jump or the EFF is going to make up 40% of voters are just, yo, that would be like the biggest miracle. And not miracle in a good way or a bad way, 
depending on your politics, just the most extraordinary, one of the most extraordinary jumps in the history of all democracies around the world anywhere ever. So what most people are now thinking about is what if the ANC drops below 50% and they need a coalition partner to rule, or maybe all the opposition political parties will get together, choose to rule together and keep the ANC out of power. So maybe in the dream scenario, you can get every single opposition party to agree that if the ANC drops below 50, all the rest will club together and have this extraordinary ruling coalition, which, as you will find in the rest of this episode, is basically impossible. And coalitions are extremely unwieldy and hard to do, even if there are only two coalition partners, but we'll get to that. So a motley crew of opposition parties decide to hold this conference. And they have been talking about this moonshot pact, which is very clearly an anti-ANC pact. If you look at the political parties that attended, uh, and they're all very different kinds of political parties. It was essentially the DA and a collection of smaller parties like the IFP, Freedom Front Plus, Action SA, and then even smaller parties than that, is they are only united by their shared anti-ANC messaging. It's the fundamental shtick that they sell to their voters. It's a very effective shtick. The ANC has been a total unmitigated disaster in South Africa, particularly in the last 15 years. Everything is ruined by crime, corruption, decay, caused by just a total lack of interest by the ruling government in actually maintaining or improving or upgrading anything. And so it's a very effective shtick for opposition parties to go to their voters and say, you hate the ANC, you want to screw the ANC, vote for us and we'll screw the ANC for you. That is clearly the only thing that united all of these political parties. The DA and Action SA have been at each other's throats ever since Herman Mashaba left the DA to form Action SA and in the last local government elections did extraordinarily well in Gauteng and took a bunch of their votes away from them. The last thing the DA wants is for Action SA to do well. The IFP and the Freedom Front Plus could not be at further ends of the political spectrum. The Zulu Nationalist Party and the party of the generally rural white Afrikaner voter. The IFP's voters also hate the Democratic Alliance. If they see the Freedom Front Plus as the last horcrux of apartheid, for those of you who haven't watched Harry Potter, it does make sense what I just said. And he knows we're hunting horcruxes. They see the DA as the second last horcrux of apartheid. So they're all united in this anti-ANC agenda. So they have this conference, which they sell as some kind of moonshot coalition until just days, weeks before the conference actually happens when a bunch of reasonable people keep pointing out that you're never ever going to pull off a united opposition that can threaten the ANC because you literally don't have the numbers. This group of parties has no chance. It's basically the DA plus a bit. And if you're really going to have any chance of taking out the ANC, you need to work with and get at the table the party that all of you have been saying to your voters is the demon, led by the person who all of you have been saying to your voters is the devil incarnate, Julius Malema and the economic freedom fighters, who have over 10% of the vote from the last election and might have more in this one. And you're not going to get him there and you're not going to get the EFF there because that would be a total betrayal of your voters. But without the EFF, you've got no chance. You're not even close. 
<laughs> and yet they had this conference where they were talking about how they would share power, what they would do if one day <laughs> they governed. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing. But it's like the audacity, the delulu, just the delusion. And delulu is not always the solulu. And in this case, this ridiculous conference is not a solution. So a few days before they got together, they were like, no, this isn't actually an anti-ANC shtick. They were like, no, this isn't actually an anti-ANC conference. This is a conference about how we would hypothetically govern if we got together. At which point I have to respectfully say, what is the point of this waste of time media circus conference? Like, really? My grandmother could assemble her book club and talk about what they would do if they came to power in South Africa and how they'd govern and share around the responsibility. And that would have as much of a bearing on South African politics as this conference. If it's not an anti-ANC agenda, then what is the point? The only thing that unites these parties is that they're all pushing the anti-ANC shtick. The only way they can explain to their voters why they are at this table at this conference is on that shtick. So if you abandon it, you've just got a group of parties that hate each other, are fighting over the same anti-ANC voters who get a lot of their votes, not just because they're anti-ANC, they need to differentiate themselves, distinguish themselves from other opposition parties who are selling the same message. So they've got their specific section, group of voters and their interests. And those voters often hate some of the other opposition parties as well. Herman Mashaba got such backlash after this conference. And again, because it wasn't an anti-ANC conference, they claimed because they knew that would be a failure and would be so embarrassing for them to try and sell. And so he didn't have that kind of reason to be there. He got rinsed by people for being like, oh, you left the DA. You sold us on the DA not being good enough. You kind of implied that the DA wasn't a place for black people. You said that you were going to provide the good alternative. And now you're back there saying that you'll go into alliance with the DA. The DA got hammered also because the DA had been selling the shtick that Mashaba was the worst because he was willing to work with the EFF, the arch nemesis, the demon, the devil incarnate. Uh, after he left the mayorship of Johannesburg when he was the DA mayor, and now they're at the table with him. The IFP, the Encarta Freedom Party, had to go back there to their voters and try to explain away the fact that they were negotiating at the table with the Democratic Alliance and the Freedom Front Plus because their voters hate those parties also and see them as the enemy. And I just was left thinking, this is such a stupid waste of time. Now look, I could be proven wrong. 2024 elections, I could be eating so much humble pie that I'd probably get sick and put on weight and have a serious obesity problem. But like, there's just no route in my mind to this happening, to this being anything. And we all had to watch it and the national media ate it up. Thank God Bricks then happened so it was a palate cleanser that stopped us from having to read about this waste of time. But really. I mean, it just reeks of desperation. There were actually seven parties there beyond DA, Action SA, IFP, and the Freedom Front Plus. But if you could recognize even one of the other three, then you need to go outside more. You need to get some sun on your face and discover this thing called friends because you are spending too much time reading about South African politics. Just to let you know, for vibes, 
about the other three parties that were invited to this to make any kind of sense that they would actually get voting numbers. The first one is, is Sanko, the Independent South African National Civic Organization. Huge name. I'm sure you don't even need to know. I'm sure you know all about them. Then there's the Spectrum National Party, who genuinely I had never heard of before researching for this episode. And the UIM, the United Independent Movement, which is like, you shouldn't be allowed to call yourselves a movement if you don't have enough people in it for anyone to know about it. That can't be a movement. This wasn't a moonshot. This was a Mars shot. And nobody is buying it. Not even Elon Musk would have funded this Mars shot, and he'd probably vote for you, Democratic Alliance. So then the last cringeworthy attempt by this conference to try and show that this was worth anybody's time or attention was that they were saying, hopefully this will inspire more South Africans to vote because like, we're trying to present a meaningful alternative. But you're not. But you're not. No one is buying it. Nobody even knows what this was for. This behavior is actually part of the reason why South Africans feel so hopeless right now. We're hopeless because the ANC has omni-shambled this country, but we're also feeling hopeless because these are our other options to vote for. (sighs) All right, pulling myself towards myself, regaining composure. Because as annoying as this whole farce was, coalitions are still our future. The ANC dominance and support is crumbling and there is no significant rival to them for the foreseeable future that can challenge them in terms of the national vote. And so we might be facing a coalition between the ANC and a smaller party to get them over 50% plus one vote after the 2024 national election. But we have already learned a lot about what we can expect from coalitions in South Africa from the last two years since the last local government election, when quite a few places in South Africa have had to have coalition governments. Because there's often a big difference between how parties do nationally and locally. Particularly the ANC right now, we know about the Ramaphosa effect, where his massive popularity, by far the most popular by far the most popular politician in South Africa, way more popular than the ANC actually, that affects national voting. But often in local voting, people tend to decide who they're voting for, not on the national party's presence, but on the local party's presence. And the ANC has really struggled and dropped below 50% in tons of places in the last few years. And so we've seen attempts at coalition governments. So let's talk about those. So maybe we can learn a little bit more about what to expect from coalitions nationally and locally in the future. In the last few years, city after city, town after town has suffered totally shambolic, ridiculous failures in coalitions and local governance. Here's the overwhelming pattern in most places. The ANC is the biggest party, but they don't get 50% plus one voter of the vote, so they can't rule on their own and they have to go into coalition. In places where they are close to 50%, they find a really small, almost negligible size political party. A good example was the UDM in the Eastern Cape in Habecha. And they install the tiny party's leader or one of their councillors as mayor. But it's 100% puppet mayorship, right? Because this political party's got virtually no voters. To quote the Oscars, they were just happy to be nominated. Are you as excited as I am? Um, By the sounds of it, no. And then, totally unexpectedly, they got the chance to have one of their members be in a position of real power, influence, and high media profile, which is good for their very small, very weak, almost nothing political party. 
But these leaders, are they totally on the terms of another political party? The example that we're using with the UDM is with the ANC, which means that they have to do anything and everything that the ANC says. They've got virtually no voice in the room. And this is something we should remember if the ANC drops below 50% plus one voter in the national elections next year, but they only need to make up half a percent, one percent, two percent, maybe three or four percent. They can find a small party and basically say, we'll give you a minister position. We'll give you an exec portfolio position, which is beyond the wildest dreams of your size of party to ever be able to secure. And remember, this also involves individuals in those parties who could be in line for the biggest job of their lives, the best paycheck of their lives, all that good stuff. And then the ANC essentially just gets to use this puppet mayor to take the hits if things aren't going very well. It allows the ANC in some cases to not do a very good job of ruling, governing, because they've got this body bag to take the punches for them. And largely this leads to to dysfunctional messes. Then there's the situation when the ANC is still the biggest party, but they've fallen quite short of a 50% majority, so they need a larger coalition partner. And that is where, quite commonly, they've gone with the EFF. And this should be raising alarm bells. Lol, let's say red flags because it's the EFF. This should be raising red flags in your mind because isn't the EFF's whole shtick that the ANC is destroying South Africa and that's why they need to go? problem is that the ANC politicians want to act business as usual, want to act like there's no crisis coming. There's a big problem coming. Malema literally was quoted as saying that the ANC is on the path to destroying South Africa. They constantly storm out of parliament. They disrupt ANC speeches at every opportunity. How can they constantly be lashing the ANC and then go into these coalitions? Well, it's because the EFF has very different strategies for national versus local governance. When it comes to local elections, the EFF has quite often been extremely willing to work with the ANC. This allows some of their councillors to get into positions of power and influence. It allows them to maybe show that they've got some kind of record of governance. It allows them to show that they're a serious party because they're in a coalition of governance, even if it's within the ANC. But you should now be thinking to yourself, that's going to be weird maybe in 2024 because those two messages will eventually clash, right? Like the EFF can't make their whole ticket destroy the ANC and then suddenly pivot nationally to, oh no, we will work with them. Unless the EFF continues their kind of role of like ultimate players, where they're just figuring out every situation as they can and trusting that the hype around them to be the insurgents, to be the disruptors, to become more and more important at every opportunity to every party, which is within Malema's narrative, is what they're going for here. But yeah, in situation two, what quite often then happens is the ANC and the EFF agree to work together but they can't agree on a mayor. They don't want to give either of them the mayorship. And so they agree to work together, but again, they install a puppet mayor from another tiny political party whose dreams are now coming true. This is why the last two mayors from Johannesburg have been from Al-Jamaa, a tiny Muslim political party that is literally not even a blip on the map. They have three councillors in the city of Johannesburg. They got only 60,000 votes in the last local election. But it got Al-Jamaa these three councillorships, and so they were the perfect fodder to put in place a puppet mayor when the EFF and the ANC couldn't agree on getting a mayor from either of their parties. And in the city of Johannesburg, the second problem with having a puppet mayor really comes to the fore. The ANC and the EFF don't care about the quality of this mayor. They're not 
choosing this mayor because this mayor would be any good because they have any leadership skills, any experience, any ability to be a good mayor and serve the city of Johannesburg and its people or wherever else they're trying to work together. They honestly don't care. The last guy, Tapelo Ahmad, rocketed to mayorship from obscurity through Al Jamaa and then through a series of deeply embarrassing media gaffes where he basically revealed that he had no idea what he was doing eventually became too annoying to be kept as mayor. So the ANC and the EFF just got rid of him. After this ludicrous interview with prominent South African journalist Sakina Kamwendo, where Ahmad just tried to take credit for bringing in smart cities in Johannesburg, like a 15-year-old concept that has not got anywhere, in a city where nothing works, even dumb basic things like lights on and sewage and water, and he just humiliated himself so badly. What is this for? What, what would this loan potentially be for? It is for service delivery issues. It is for technologies, for smart city, where we can deploy. What smart city? A, a decade ago, we were talking about the installation of CCTV cameras in the city of Johannesburg. A few weeks ago, you signed a new memorandum of understanding, again, around cameras. And Correct. we see those cameras capturing crime that you are doing very little about because the inner city right now is such a dangerous place that people who don't have to be there don't venture there. So how is it helping us? You are correct. Remember, I'm not in the office for the past decade. I'm only a month. No, no, no. I'm saying this started more than a decade ago. All right. You have belatedly about two, three weeks ago, signed a new memorandum of understanding. Correct. And yet we don't see the return on investment. There is. Where? There is in the city. Where, where, Mr. (laughs) Mayor? How many people have you convicted as a result of the installation of that technology? There is a few of them. What is a few? I'm telling you, there is a few of them. Uh, I can't can't give you the, the, the number from the top of my head. So after that, the ANC and the EFF just pulled up the next available Ultima Nobody. This one now is Cabello Guamanda, who's facing serious scrutiny because it looks like he ran a fake funeral scheme and just stole the money of tons of poorer people in Soweto like 10 years ago, but now is rocked up as a councillor. But they're holding him in power. Just earlier this week, the DA, Action SA, and a bunch of others who, remember, have just done this ridiculous conference of like moonshot saving South Africa. You would think after that conference, they'd be able to at least agree to put a motion of no confidence together. They tried to put this together against Guamanda. ANC and AFF said, no ways, we're going to keep him. Motion of confidence was never even tabled. It fell apart for the exact reason that I spoke about earlier. It was doomed because this coalition of nonsense, these captains of foolishness, have not got the numbers to do anything effective without the EFF. So the puppet mayors are often useless. This happened with Cope in Tswane also. That story is totally insane and outrageous. So the EFF and the ANC needed a puppet mayor, so they put in a COPE councillor, his name, Marunwa Makwarela. And as soon as he was installed, it was discovered that he is insolvent. If you're insolvent, it essentially means that you've got so much debt that it's been deemed that you are unable to pay off or settle your debts. And if you are insolvent, you're not, forget mayor, you're not even allowed to be a councillor in the city of Tswane, which he already was. I don't know if COPE just vetted him terribly or helped him to cover this up. But he wasn't even supposed to be a councillor. He definitely wasn't allowed to be a mayor. So then Makwarela comes out and insists 
that he is no longer insolvent, he even brings out this document signed by a court saying that they deemed that he was no longer insolvent so he could be mayor. Which was then incredibly awkward because the very next day, the same court came out and said, we have never ruled that this guy is out of insolvency. And you just think to yourself, surely it crossed your mind that somebody would take your document claiming you are no longer insolvent and go to the court which the document claims, this fake document that claims that you're no longer insolvent, and just ask them. So then, and this was really insane, then Macarela says that the evil ANC and the EFF told him to come out with this document and they led him astray. But why are you asking other political parties what you're supposed to do? You're a COPE leader. You're a COPE elected official. Long story short, Macarela is obviously deposed from the mayorship. So now this guy is not only out of a job, he gets arrested and has to post bail at thousands of rands because he's very publicly committed incredibly serious fraud. He's under investigation by the Hawks. So then Cope puts forward their next available elected official, like Algemar in Johannesburg. And then it turns out, guess what? That he is under investigation by the INC for identity theft because he has a criminal record and allegedly provided somebody else's ID number to the IEC when he was registering to be elected to the Tswane Council. COPE is not Congress of the People at this point. It's Criminals of the People or Congress of the Prisoners. You can choose which one you prefer. Although, honestly, at this point, COPE is such a fall-apart shambles across the country. I don't think they should be allowed to be called Congress of the People anymore. You need lots of people to be called the people. If they keep losing councillors like this, they're going to be Congress of the Person. And all of these puppet mayors getting chopped and changed and just having no power themselves is really bad for all of these cities because the crucial job of mayorship requires constant attention to providing safety, providing security, providing good water and surge and lights on and economic development opportunities and the maintenance of schools and making sure that cities get better and don't just slowly decay over time. But these puppet mayors, the massive parties that put them there don't care about their quality. They just put them there. And these puppet mayors have virtually no power to do anything good. So then we have the third and final coalition situation, where in certain places in South Africa, opposition parties, aside from the EFF, together get enough votes to potentially get more than 50% plus one voter, which means that if they can find an agreement and make a plan, then they really can govern. We're almost always talking about the Democratic Alliance, Action SA, and depending on where you are in South Africa, a bunch of other parties like the IFP, the Good Party, the Patriotic Alliance. And these, you would think, are all the parties that the DA and Action SA reckon together can form some kind of moonshot. I keep laughing, I need to stop that. Moonshot coalition to save South Africa through getting rid of the ANC if they're actually brave enough to say that their project is a fundamentally anti-ANC project. But we can look at the city of Johannesburg to see just how much this is not working. So, they did successfully, as a unit, install Mpo Palace as the mayor of Johannesburg. But then, that alliance was destabilized. Firstly, because Action SA and the DA really don't want to help each other. Again, Action SA exists because Herman Mashaba left the DA when Mashaba got kind of implied that the DA wasn't what South Africa needed and kind of also implied that the DA wasn't a party for black leaders or black voters. The DA accused Herman Mashaba of wanting to work with the EFF, their arch enemy, the nemesis, the devil. 
And so they don't want to help each other, particularly because Mashaba did so well with Action Hussein Gauteng in his first local government elections, took away not just votes, but whole areas from the Democratic Alliance. So it's providing them a real threat and taking away some of their voters. So Action SA and the DA feel pretty uncomfortable about ever making each other look good. They have no real interest in doing that. But Mpo Palatse was put in power. Big moment. But she couldn't keep that alliance together. And that's because when you've got a large alliance of smaller parties, at any moment, one of those smaller parties could be enticed to break that alliance and go along with the ANC and the EFF instead. And we've seen that particularly happen with the Patriotic Alliance in the last few months. So Mpo Palatse was deposed, but nobody could put a mayor in power as all the opposition parties again tried to find a new person who could unite this group into a coalition that could get a majority. So Action SA proposes one of their councillors, Funzium Gubeni, to be the new mayor. And everyone goes, great, that's great, that works for us, we're happy with that, we'll put them in. Until the last moment when the Democratic Alliance says, absolutely not, we're going to put Mpo Palatse back. We're only backing our own candidate Mpo Palatse. It's our way or the highway, and either all of you smaller political parties do what we say and vote for our candidate again, the one who failed to hold the coalition before, or we're out. And all the other opposition parties went, screw you, DA bullies. You don't just get your way. You don't just get to do this to the rest of us. We would rather have Funzing Beni. The attempted alliance fell apart. There was no resolution. And eventually, one of the smaller parties went with the EFF and the ANC and installed Aljamar's first mayor. And then it happened again on the second mayor. So that is a literal moment where the Democratic Alliance chose to rather have a puppet non-mayor in Johannesburg than for a coalition opposition to actually try and do some good, prove that they can govern, prove that there is a chance that a coalition of opposition parties can govern effectively and get into power. They chose against that. They chose for the puppet mayor instead rather than have an action essay mayor. And if you're a hardcore DA, maybe there's a good reason for that. The DA doesn't want to raise action essay's profile, doesn't want to help them in any way. They're a direct threat. But the unavoidable truth is that the DA chose to have Johannesburg suffer and the people of Johannesburg suffer a non-mayor than one with a coalition who could actually do some good. And that really sucks. And this is the exact reason why I just can't bring myself to believe that this fantasy land dream of a coalition of opposition parties beyond the EFF can even hold together and do anything in a small way. It just doesn't seem in the best interests of these parties who are all working ultimately for themselves. And this is true with everyone. The Encarta Freedom Party works in a bunch of places with the EFF in KwaZulu Natal to keep the ANC and in some cases the DA out of power. But the IFP in Gauteng chose to side against the Aljamar mayor with the coalition of opposition. They chose not to vote with the EFF and the ANC for the Aljamar mayors. And the EFF was furious and said that they would then stop supporting IFP coalitions in KZN. And that's exactly the way that the EFF strategy can break down, where you're trying to do the most opportunistically good thing in different places around the country, but because you're not being consistent in policy and relationship position with other parties, they cut off their nose to spite their face. Something that's good for one EFF project in one part of the country is fundamentally bad, for another EFF project in another part of the country. 
So it really feels like all political parties have screwed up coalitions, worked in their own best interests, and not had much thought for the people who they're supposed to be providing good governance for. Plus, it just seems like there's a disastrous lack of quality or intelligence or talent in local government politicians. Some of the nonsense that has been caught on in the last few years blows my mind. The DA in Tswane spoiled all their own ballots. And a five-year-old could have told them this was going to happen. They had the votes to install the new speaker in Tswane, an incredibly powerful position. But the DA in Tswane had been having some problems because the voting returns on previous votes had shown that some of their members had been voting in secret with the opposition outside of the DA party line. Now, that's possible because all votes are a secret to try and make sure that nobody's pressured into voting for something that they don't want. Again, a five-year-old could tell you this so you can truly vote the way that you want to vote. But the DA wasn't having this, so they decided to come up with a cunning plan led by Salir's Brink local DA politician where they assigned every single member of the DA caucus, there were 69 of them, a number, 1 through 69. And they said, on your ballot, you have to put the X or the tick next to the person you want to vote for for speaker and then write your politician number on the ballot. So afterward, we can go look at all the ballots and make sure, okay, one vote of us, two vote of us, three, four, five, six, all the way through to 69. And we can compare with our list to make sure that everybody voted the way we want. Which is obviously spoiling your ballot because it means that you're no longer anonymous. The people can be traced and what they voted for can be figured out. So obviously all these ballots were thrown out and the DA just destroyed their own voting voice for the Speaker of Tswane. Now then they said they were going to take it to court because they were sure they were right, but obviously they were wrong. Anyway, eventually the vote is taken again. The DA wins. And long story short, at the far end of this process, Salir's Brink, the genius behind this whole thing, became the mayor of Tswane. But you just think to yourself, how did this happen in the first place? In the city of Johannesburg, Mpopalatse was illegally removed from power first, then properly removed from power. But in the time that she was illegally removed, a new mayor was put in place. If I remember correctly, he was from the EFF. And when Mpopalatse returned to work after the court ordered that she was actually definitely still the mayor, she arrived to discover that they had changed all the locks on her offices childishly. So she couldn't get into her own offices. Now, like, that is a prank in school is hilarious. But that is what some politicians are spending their time doing, just like trolling rivals instead of doing their jobs. And the whole Johannesburg situation is so ridiculous. Every single time you need to gather for a council sitting, you need to organize this day of a council sitting, it costs around 500,000 rand to do. And so when they were trying to appoint a new mayor, they would just have wasted council days where they'd be called to do their jobs, make a new mayor, and they just wouldn't. You would think with the electing of a new mayor, it would be incredibly straightforward. The political parties would strategize beforehand. They would know that this was coming, clearly obviously predictable. They'd figure out who they were going to vote for. They'd have a quick vote and then we'd have a new mayor. No, 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 no. Because in South Africa, political parties love to waste time and they love to caucus. So 500,000 rand was spent on this day where all the political parties were supposed to arrive and they were supposed to elect a mayor. As soon, it was like 9am when it started. As soon as it started, the EFF immediately requested a pause so they could go and caucus and decide. It's granted. They come back after an hour, hour and a half. The ANC then requests a three-hour break to caucus. Three hours, which takes you to like one, two, that's lunch. So then the speaker essentially said, hey guys, take the three-hour caucus, take lunch, 
figure yourselves out because you clearly haven't done your homework. And when you come back, let's do this. And as soon as they came back, a bunch of opposition parties called their own caucus, by the end of which the day was done. 500,000 rands spent just caucusing and lunch. No work done, no mayor appointed. And again, you think to yourself, what incompetence have control over our local government? It is madness. And these, no matter how you skin it, are part of the political parties we have to vote for nationally. So sure, maybe the national level leaders are more competent, but how you rule locally, how you prove your ability to govern locally informs how popular you become. Look how the idea of the city of Cape Town being run well by the DA has worked out so well for them with so many people. Whether you believe that that's true or not, the narrative is that Jordan Hill Lewis has done a fantastic job as mayor in Cape Town, that Alan Wendy is running the Western Cape well as premier. And so it does good work for the DA. And yet, all across the country, local government is a shambles. The ANC and the EFF and Ete Queenie just chose not to rock up for a vote for deputy mayor the one day, so that didn't happen on that day. And you just think, do any of these parties have any interest in being likable, in being like the kind of party that the citizens of these places want to vote for? So that's the state of coalitions in South Africa. I'm sorry, I know that this has been a rough ride, but we need to talk about it so we can understand what to expect and kind of figure out why coalitions so far in the last few years have been such a disaster. So what can we do about it now? I think we as South Africans, we as voters, we as people with voices in our families, our communities, our workplaces and online, need to demand that parties have consistent, transparent principles, both nationally and locally that these parties really attend to local politics to ensure quality and that these parties demonstrate that they are working for the best interests of the people. These are agendas that we have to set for political parties so that ANC and opposition understand that they need to do better, be better, perform better for us if they are going to continue to secure our votes. We need to be the accountability in 2024. So that's the issue with coalitions or the issues. I know there were a lot of them. Thank you so much for listening. The issue with Dan Corder returns next week with a brand new episode. Please follow us here so you don't miss a thing. And you can also find our video episodes on YouTube and we're on all the social medias. Have a beautiful week. Mm-hmm.